0: Ready? Mm hmm. First one of 2020. Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome to. What?
1: Your voice. Do that again. Hello. 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 Mm.
0: Well, you shit all over that. Welcome to the first episode of 2020 and the comeback special. <laughs> <laughs> of who the fuck is Delia the podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that they are playing in the new year with Jules Holland at his hootenanny bastards that's not us Michelle Michelle my name is Alex I am joined by Michelle Harris hello if you are joining us for the first time then we are Delia but that would be kind of mad that you're joining us for the first time but who knows it's 2020 anything is possible Uh, if you are rejoining us if we've just popped up on your feed because you are a subscriber thank you very much welcome back to the show Thanks for waiting for us while we had a bit of time off over Christmas.
1: If you are just joining us, we should point out that there are two members who are not with us today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although one was with us last night, and it was good to see George last night. It was. However, that was for, you know, chill time, not work time. Give us a break. God.
1: Not that podcasting is work.
0: No, of course not. Um, What are we doing this week, Alex? That's what I was saying. Uh, So, this week. So, basically, we are kicking off the year with a film review show as the title of this podcast has probably given away every year since i think about 2015 2016 i make a list of all the films that i've seen that were out in uk cinemas or just uk general release um be it streaming or whatever uh every at the end of every year to just get them all together. I give them a little rating like IMDB style. So rather than something like Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, you know, percentage out of a hundred, I give them like a nine point this or a two point that. And recently Shell's been joining in with me doing it.
1: Yeah, you can't really not.
0: Oh. You you could not. <laughs> you didn't want to. Not forcing you.
1: Um just no. jabbing a
0: gun, in, gun into your side.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, And now, now that we have this wonderful podcast, it now feels uh, less pointless. Not completely pointless, but it feels less pointless because we can talk about it on the show because it's all about art and stuff like that. Have, you, sh-
1: have you been doing this all these years in the hope that one day you'll have your own podcast yes. wish that you can give this yes. rundown of your favourite films of the year? Yes.
0: <laughs> and also that people just know you know i just like write it on a piece of paper and then everyone's like oh they'll they feel it And like ah i've right. got alex's list that i know what's good and what's but bad.
1: now it's set into stone now it's set into record, and now it's like in the ether
0: yeah it is set into audio amber with this podcast amber yeah
1: oh like jurassic park yeah.
0: <laughs> topical um right so what we do we just write them all down And then give them a rating, and then we are going to go through a few things, uh, a few categories, rather. So we're going to run down our top tens, because there are films on this list that I think you'd like to recommend to people, because they are not, you know, massive films. Some of which may come as no surprise if you're a listener to the podcast um, already, because they've been recommended. And then we're going to run through a few other bits. So we're going to run through some honourable mentions, films that might not have made the top ten, but we recommend that you should see. We're going to go through our weirdest film of the year, the biggest disappointment of the year, maybe the best document documentary of the year, um, and our favourite soundtracks of the year.
1: And I think we should point out before we start that Avengers Endgame is not going to be in any of our lists.
0: It's not, although it's much closer to my list than it was yours, in fact, because you didn't even see it
1: nope and so I don't get the pop culture and the references but also I feel like any film review show you're listening to not that ours is a film review show but it would have there would be a conversation about Avengers Endgame Mm. however in this one as a precursor if that's what you're hoping for I'd switch off now
0: right don't say that because
1: there's not going to be an Avengers Endgame conversation really is there
0: mm, not really I did like it though it got an 8.5 cool right so uh, yeah and then and then maybe next week <clears throat> we'll be continuing with guests and we'll be running down what we're looking forward to in 2020 but we're just film fans and since we're talking about arts and creativity on the show you know the kind of sort of cultural consensus is that making a feature length film is the you know the pinnacle of of uh, artistic creation you know budget wise and um sort of complexity wise and that sort of thing is that in your opinion no i think it's i think i've heard that on other things
1: have you okay (laughs) cool i'll take you over um so we're going to just
0: straight into it shell we'll run through your top 10 from 10 to 1 okay and then anything that has made my top 10 when it comes to mine we'll just gloss over it
1: i feel like we should i feel like we should do it like one each
0: um okay
1: so my number 10 is light of my life
0: tell me about it
1: light of my life is the film with casey fleck looking like an absolute i don't know like the the perfect human chiseled mm. from the gods one would say
0: right and um, that's why it's in your top 10
1: partly yeah but right. no it's not it's um so it's about him and his daughter living in a world where you don't actually really know what's happened, but basically there's no women left. Um, and he's got to kind of like protect his, his daughter and he dresses her up like a little boy and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. a I don't know, what kind of film is it? It's like a bit of a... It's Dawn very indie. of the Dead.
0: It's very indie.
1: Dawn of the Dead?
0: No, Dawn of the Dead's not indie.
1: No, no I don't mean Dawn of the Dead. I never meant Dawn of the Dead. I meant um, the zombie thing.
0: 28 Days Later? One of them. 28 hours later? One of them. Like a zombie. 28 it's months quite later. Quite
1: post-po- post apocalyptic.
0: Five years later.
1: I mean, one of them, yeah. That was,
0: yeah, okay. That was the end game. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that film. Um, What did you give it out of 10 on your rating system?
1: Um. Um, Go on, it's
0: written right eight there. Eight point nine. Yeah, that was mad. How long that took you? Considering that I was like pointing at it.
1: Yeah, because there is like three different numbers <laughs> after the. I am going to post a picture of this list, and you will see the the like the, the the scribble that I have to deal with when looking at these lists.
0: Yeah, you just started doing the thing. You know, in soundcheck when someone's soundtrack. like soundcheck.
1: In soundcheck.
0: Yeah, what's what are you saying? What.
1: <laughs> It's nothing.
0: So when the sound engineer gets annoyed at bands or drummers because the drummers like, you're like, hit your snare, and the drummer's like, ting, ting, ting. And then it comes to the gig and the snare is like, cha! You've just done that to me in here. I was like, check your mic.
1: Watch your num- what's your number 10, Alex. 1, 2, hello. Yeah, check 1, 2.
0: And then now look at you. You're peeking all over the place. My number 10. Uh, we'll come back to Light of My Life, by the way, uh, because it'll be mentioned in another section. My number 10 is mid 90s. Uh, which I gave an eight point eight, and it is a it is an indie film, but then indie in the sense that jonah hill uh is the director and he's not exactly you know struggling um but the kids in the film are skateboarders before they are actors, although they are both uh they do both very well, but it is just a lovely film of like an era and a type of person and, and uh, not only an era in time, but an era in someone's life. And um, it's just really well depicted. Looks great on the screen. It was just really nice. We should also say that Light of My Life, Your Time, was written and directed by Casey Affleck, not only starring him. Right. All right, let's move on to number nine. You should go and check those films out. Uh, Mid-90s, I know for sure, is on Netflix. Light of My Life. I don't know, that was tricky to find.
1: Light of My Life.
0: Yeah, I think you probably rent it on iTunes or something like that
1: yeah or torrent that shit no uh, don't so, do that.
0: <laughs> number 10 for you show uh
1: number 10 do you mean number nine number
0: nine that's what i meant
1: my number nine is the nightingale yes which we only recently watched
0: yeah that was a couple of days ago
1: yeah and i'm thinking maybe that's why partly why it's made it into the top 10 because it's quite fresh yeah. but also it's, it 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 was i don't know it made a big impact it's it's a it's a rough film. Mm-hmm. It's very rough. And part of me was like, I don't want to put it in my te- top 10 because of how rough it is. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's left a very lasting impression. And I think if you're still thinking about things afterwards quite relentlessly, mm-hmm. then I think they deserve, uh yeah. I mean, in a, you know, in a good way, not in not in a way where you're like, wow, that was really shit and I can't stop thinking about that.
0: What is it though? You've not told us what it is.
1: Oh, so The Nightingale is a story of, I don't know, how, how, how what, what era are we set in?
0: It's set in a sort of, I don't know. Like looked, 1800s, like yeah. 18, maybe maybe 18,
1: 1890, something like that-ish.
0: Yeah, I guess, um, maybe a little before that actually.
1: It was when words like cavalry were being thrown about.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're still being thrown about, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, they got muskets.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's about um, a woman who, this is not a spoiler because it happens in the first 15 minutes. <sighs> it's but, set in
0: 1825. Oh, there you go. shit.
1: There we go. Um, it's about a woman who loses her family in various ways and therefore seeks revenge. Yeah. And it is nuts. Brutal, yeah. It, it's apparently you were telling me that um, there's one particular scene near the beginning that where pe- people walked out in cans, was it?
0: Yeah, in cans.
1: That made a lot of sense to me. I can see why that would happen. I mean, it's a bit. I mean, we, you know, we haven't seen. It's not like we haven't seen this shit before, but it's a very brutal scene.
0: It is. I. I don't know. Walkouts are a bit. I know, much. but
1: cans in it—they're all a bit sensitive. Can they're can all is. a bit canners.
0: Yeah. I know they are, and they like a bit of drama, don't they? Um, but it's written and directed by Jennifer Kent, who uh, wrote and directed The Babadook. Mm-hmm. But it's a totally different film to The Babadook. But totally you can different. see, I think you can see the influences definitely in that. Like it's, it's an Australian, it's an Australian made film. Yeah. Um, but so you can see it in that kind of the way everything looks because of you know, because of where it's shot but you can also see it in the way that everything looks because of the way that she's sort of she likes things to look very visceral i think yeah like you could feel like the babadook you could kind of feel his creakiness and the you could feel the floorboards in the house and the feathers yeah. on his and this is i think i'd say uh, think the nightingales a lot like that she
1: creates like the way she creates Scares and horror is really good because it's not—it's not a horror film. No. It's a revenge film, so there there are horror elements to it, but not in in the typical sense. Yeah. But the way that she creates some kind of like dream sequences and things like that is—it—it—I it, think it chimes back to the Babadook, and she's very very good at creating that scare, even when there's not a scare there. There's not—you know—there's nothing to be scared of, but you find mm. yourself like you know looking over your shoulder mm. when you when you're watching certain parts of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, my number 9 is Booksmart. Uh that is a comedy, a coming-in a coming of age comedy. Um, what a film. Which which is which is a really good film. Um and I'm really happy to say that it is a comedy that is a comedy. Mhm. Because there are comedies that come out that are not funny. <sighs> is something that should not be joked about, especially from a little island called America where they just think yeah, anyway. Um but when it when I first saw the trailer I was like, oh, I'm not I'm not down for this. And then as the trailer unfolded, i was like, okay, this looks kind of nice. And then you watch it and it is great. Yeah, Just it's about really two good. girls discovering that perhaps they've wasted some of their high school life um being, you know, a bit too good and decide that on the eve of their graduation they're going to try and have a mad night out it was uh, directed by um olivia wilde uh written by four writers here emily halburn sarah halpern uh sarah haskins Susanna fogel and katie silberman um starring caitlin deva diva deva,
1: deva yeah, yeah
0: and she's and beanie feldstein
1: you'll also recognize or Stein. caitlin from a um, a series on netflix called unbelievable which is also brilliant um brilliant. she plays that character very very well um so i think when you see her in this it's like oh okay i'm already i'm already on board with you and your character because you play it incredibly well
0: yeah Booksmart is great and if you're up for just a comedy it is a funny comedy which are hard to come by these days all right let's move on to your number eight michelle
1: okay so my number eight is knives out knives out was great
0: knives out is fucking great it
1: is it's got the cast of a lifetime
0: the cast of a lifetime it
1: really has. it it, but it's not the cast of like it's not like oh i've pulled all i've pulled all the huge names out of hollywood Mm. it's like i've pulled all the names that everyone loves you know what i mean like everyone secretly loves these names yeah from I mean, something somewhere and it's like every single name is like oh that person oh that one from yeah, that mean, person yeah don uh, johnson's nothing. having a
0: bit of like a a renaissance a don Johnson's. um it was a bit mad to see him in it but he's yeah everyone is great in it yeah and uh, Daniel Craig's been given loads of stick for his accent. Oh,
1: no, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny, like, isn't it? Yeah, it, do, it does, just doesn't matter. Yeah, that.
0: so it's a murder mystery. Have you said this already? It's a no. murder mystery uh, about a fam- uh, the, 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 the head of a family, so the, the grandfather of the family, um, dying in, in a suspicious way. And then Daniel Craig's uh, Detective LeBlanc...
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah,
0: um, comes in and the fact
1: that his name is Detective LeBlanc says that he's allowed to chew up that accent as much as he wants. I think that's the
0: point. Yeah, Yeah. he comes in and uh, is is there to solve the mystery. Yeah, and it is it is an Agatha Christie murder mystery type who done it thing, and it just does it so well. And it's made by Ryan Johnson, who is just a fucking genius, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) He the like the Last Jedi, which he directed, was a divisive film the star wars film that is if you're not aware but i still think it was a great film and a great uh, direction to take the franchise in even though i don't think it was executed necessarily as well as it could have been Mm. but then his own films like there's a film called brick there's a film called the brothers bloom he did looper and then this is knives out they're all just home runs every single one of them yeah and they have a a way about them that is endearing you know when you're watching it and you just feel like you know the characters and you chuckle at everything that everyone says and yeah. you react viscerally to it yeah. second use of that word <clears throat> all right cool my number eight is uh hotel mumbai
1: this very nearly made it into my top 10 yeah. like out of light of my life and hotel mumbai it was it either of them could have went in really
0: mm. yeah i mean this i was not expecting this to be in my top ten. no
1: definitely not when it I, wasn't until we were looking back through the list I was like, "Oh shit!"
0: Yeah, this is directed by Anthony Mraz, written by him and John Colley. Um, stars again. I mean, it's one of the, it's not quite a Knives Out sort of cast, but it's not far off. He's got Dev Patel, Army Hammer, Nazan. Oh, I can never Nazanin Bonedi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got. Uh, Fucking hello to Jason Isaacs in there.
1: Oh, Um,
0: yeah. And actually, to be fair, the whole cast is great, even the unknowns that are in the film. Uh, It is about the terror attacks that took place across Mumbai in 2008, um, focusing on Hotel Mumbai. Although what they've done is accumulated a load of stories and put them into this sort of one or two locations. Uh, It's really, really harrowing, horrible, but like, you can't not just get into it when you're watching it.
1: Yeah, it's you're, you're sat on the edge of your seat the whole time.
0: Yeah, and that was a Sky Cinema release, so you can watch that on there.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: if you have Sky Cinema or Now TV or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Really, really, uh, probably the biggest surprise of the year, to be honest, really yeah. sort of standout film. And I was like, oh, my God. Because normally, those kind of, it, it, the, the trailer and the way the hype was developing around it made it seem like an action film. Yeah. And that usually is something that is not my bag. No. But it's not an action film. It's a film about, like, survival. yeah um and like coming together and breaking down boundaries really yeah. really good film it's very good uh right I'll we'll move on to number seven i should say straight away my number seven is knives out which we've already spoken about so
1: my number seven is marriage story Duh, that low i know i know but there was just so many other good films yeah That yeah it is i know it it, it was an incredible film it like knocked me for six when i watched it um it's Star Wars lad, what's his name?
0: Adam Driver, <laughs> Star Wars lad.
1: Yeah, that's all I know, was now. <laughs> right. Adam Driver, Scott Johansson, and they're a married couple who are essentially going through divorce. Yeah. And it is, oh, oh my God, it is harrowing. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very hard watch.
0: Shout out to Laura Dern in this film as well, who plays one of the lawyers. She's absolutely yeah, she's great. brilliant in it.
1: But you know what, you know what? I'm wondering about Laura Dern in this film. So, if you've ever seen um, Big Little Lies, Big Little Lies, Laura Dern plays a lawyer, uh-huh. and in this film, in LA, and it, oh no, is it not in LA? Where's where's I'd have to, I'd no have to figure out where Big Little Lies was set. But she plays this like big shot lawyer, and then in this film, she is the lawyer, and she plays the exact same character and it would just be nice if they happen back to be like this is the lawyer from big little lies
0: i feel like they're (laughs) definitely not doing that but
1: (laughs) i know but i really want it to be because it is like i can't describe how much of the same character she plays it's insane you've
0: you've just done a good job of describing how good the character
1: is thanks um (laughs) so yeah it was like i remember at one point during watching this film i turned to you and i was like i feel like we're gonna to have to switch this off because yeah. it was so there were parts of it that was so hard to watch and probably if you if you come from a home if you come from like a divorced family home to the point where you experienced any of that as a kid you'll definitely be sat there like oh okay this is this is bringing up some stuff and i don't know if i can keep watching <laughs>
0: mm, it is horrible it's for hard different parts of it to think oh my god did my parents do this yeah um It's written and directed by Noah Baumbach. Uh, He did a film called The Meyerowitz Stories, which was also a Netflix release at like Marriage Story, although Marriage Story was available in cinemas. It's very similar to that if you've seen it in the way that it, in the vibe and the way that it's shot. Um, But like Adam Driver and Scott Johansson deliver career best performances, as far as I'm concerned. Like when they were both absolutely like, those characters you yeah. couldn't view them as anything other than that it, no. you know and it, which is which is a big deal these days because you generally like you said star wars guy or with scario you could be like you know uh, black widow or something because they're such huge stars you see them as as whatever their main franchise is yeah but i they, really they, didn't they no, just they, seemed like a married broke couple. That mold.
1: they did and at first when when they first come onto the screen i was like oh, i don't know if i believe in this if these two would actually be married, because his character is very much, you know, he's like he's portrayed as quite like an an older man who wears granddad jumpers, and she's still this like beautiful young mum.
0: But she is portrayed as someone who is who who is wearing similar stuff, in, in a, and 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 has moulded to his life. Yeah.
1: So, but then as the story unfolds, you see why that. Actually, that is the perfect cast, and you believe that 100% because yeah. of the way the story unfolds and yeah. how that relationship comes to be. And I yeah, highly recommend it.
0: Highly recommend it. If it's Shell's number seven, um, no, yeah, it's your number seven, and yeah. you gave it a 9.1 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a 9.2 out of 10, and that made it a three in my list. I thought it was so fucking good mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, word of warning before going in it's not a uh, light romp okay so like i said my number seven was knives out so let's move on to number six um we should say that your number six is my number five i'm rating these films a little bit more highly than you are you by the looks of things
1: <laughs> so my number six is joker and we won't go into massive detail about joker because we literally did an entire podcast yes, on it um, you can go
0: back and listen to that podcast
1: you can and it's in I'd, fact you should you, you should and at, at first I kind of I'd forgot I'd, i kind of put it to, to one side a little bit mm-hmm. um and then it popped up in a recent conversation. It wasn't until it popped up in that conversation that I was like, holy shit, that film has had a really big effect on me and I feel like I want to watch it again and pull it apart. Hmm. And for that reason, it it, kind of, it made it into the, the position that it did on my list.
0: Yeah, it's episode number 37 featuring uh, our good friend, Ben Gladwin. Um, we sat down and chatted about it the day after going and seeing it. So you can really get into, into the weeds there. So we'll move on from Joker. Yeah but you should see that film. Mm -hmm. Again, similar to Marriage Story in the sense that it is. you should go in with a precursor of like it's heavy, but not similar to Marriage Story in any other way, shape or form. (laughs) Um, All right, my number six is a documentary called Minding the Gap. Um,
1: I think this is a curveball for a six.
0: I thought it was brilliant and it broke my heart. I gave it an 8.9, which is the same as what you gave it, although you're rating these things way higher, but they're still, yeah, I don't know. Um, Mind in the Gap. Yeah, it's about, it's another one about skateboarders. And I think part of the reason why it's in there is because it seemed to couple so well with um, mid nineties. So I think I saw Mind in the Gap, then mid nineties. And some people are going to be like, that's a 2018 film. It is if you're in America, but in the UK, it was a 2019 release. Uh, So that is why it is in, uh, this list here, it didn't come out until March, I think, in 2019 or something like that. But when you watch Mind in the Gap and then watch Mid-90s, it really it is a great double bill about these lives of young skateboarders. Um, it's made by Bing Liu or Bing, Bing Lee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is one of the skateboarders in the and he's gone on to he's got all this footage from when they were teenagers and he's gone on to carry on filming his group of friends as they get older and then the story becomes not about skateboarding but it comes about friendships um splitting off it becomes about getting older there's a there's a thread in there about um abuse and about cycles of 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 abuse repeating themselves i just thought it was absolutely beautiful it was so well done yeah it was brilliant um and so just genuine and authentic. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to do this um, podcast about the the films that we've seen this year, because films like that could go by the wayside and you just think, Oh, it's just another film. But to me, it's not just another film. It's someone who is Mm. similar to us in, you know, like they're not like, um, matey boy making the Joker who has, you know, got this billion million squillion billion dollar budget. Um, it's just the guy making a film. Yeah, and I'm really sure he has some budget behind him, but he probably had to apply for funding in the same way that we have to apply for funding. You know, mm-hmm, it's just, mm-hmm. it should be seen. Um, great doc. All right, your number five then. Um, so my number and five my number five are, we've well, both been mentioned.
1: Yes, so my number five is Booksmart. Yeah, and mine I think is that I had a little bit more of a, <clears throat> I think the whole coming of age thing, especially the female coming of age, hit me a little bit more. So yeah. it was a bit higher up in my rating.
0: I mean, a female director, two female stars, and four female writers. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure there were um, plenty of other... you of you girls getting involved it probably it probably rang a lot more true for yeah you i feel like I any
1: girl or any you know like any woman of, of, of about my age where you kind of your teenage years are not too far away that you don't remember them um <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like 16 you're like what
1: was i like when well I no 16? but it's something that you can actually you know you can still tangibly feel the emotions that you went through in your teenage years where i feel like you get more detached from them as you get older yeah yeah um you you like you'll definitely watch that and be like oh okay yeah this is this is very true
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um and then mine was joker mm-hmm. really good film we'll touch again a little bit on that all right let's move on to number four
1: my number four which di- uh, crazy that i didn't make it into your top 10 in my opinion it didn't is, make it into my top is 10. midsummer it is midsummer midsummer the it, it is its Although like the subject matter doesn't relate to this at all but it is the most beautiful film I have watched this year.
0: Beautiful is not the word I would use to describe it. No,
1: no, and that's why I said the subject matter of the film is not at all it's the subject matter is completely different to that but the way the film looks is so stunning, mm. so beautiful. It's just it's like Everything that you want your life to look like, yeah. but the subject matter, on the other hand, is absolutely not. No, but the subject matter is very, very interesting, and it's you know it talks about the occult. It's got a bit of witchery in there. Is it Scandinavian? They I are, believe? in yeah.
0: They're in Sweden. They're in a rural Swedish. Yeah, and uh, it's um, community, I suppose.
1: Yeah, they have. It's like a. Is it like a solstice event yeah. where they're all coming together and they have lots of rituals taking place around this time of year all get a bit weird everyone gets a bit high and it all goes a bit crazy yeah
0: it was mad and i did enjoy it i gave it an 8.7 you gave it a 9.2 yeah mid 90s was 10 and that was an 8.8 so like for me so that was you know it's not far off mm. i don't know it just lacked a little bit of um like it was just too long if i'm honest yeah fair. um it was just a little bit too like okay Weird shit's happening. It's a lot like the film The Wicker Man. Yeah, do you ever seen that? You know, you're like a lot of shit's happening. It's all fucked up. It's all weird. But can we get to the crux of what the actual thing is now? Because
1: yeah, I, I, maybe I didn't get. Yeah, I guess I I didn't get to that point. But most enough.
0: heavy intro of the year of a film.
1: Oh shit! Yeah, I totally Super forgot about that. Super
0: heavy. Yeah. Um, it's written and directed by Ari Aster, who made Hereditary. So if you've seen Hereditary, you'll be <laughs> accustomed you'll understand. to what sort of it's, vibe you're going into. Yeah, it's
1: very Hereditary.
0: Um, it wins the award for best poster of the year. Yeah. It's Florence Pugh just crying half her face, but she's in this beautiful like headdress with a beautiful blue background. <laughs> it's which, just is, really which is fucking how the good. whole
1: film looks the whole time. Yeah. But for, it made me like fall in love with Florence Pugh, and I feel like she is going to be...
0: Yeah, I love Florence Pugh now.
1: She's going to be huge, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, well, that Florence Pugh is a great little segue into my number four, which is Little Women, which is mm-hmm. the uh, Greta Gerwig adaptation of the book, um, starring Florence Pugh yep. and Saoirse Ronan and Emma Watson mm-hmm. and Laura Dern and Bob what a cast. Odenkirk
1: what a cast.
0: and Timothee Chalamet and which is a stupid way to pronounce the name by the way is um it? and yeah it should be timothy shouldn't it and then eliza scanlan scan scanlan uh god i'm, I'm probably missing so many people james norton
1: but yeah you, you get the picture
0: chris cooper meryl streep
1: yeah she is uh, in there
0: and then the book is by louisa may alcott um which has been ad- ad- adapted loads <laughs> but fuck me what a good film oh I've got a problem with privilege on the screen where sometimes I'm just a bit like, okay, we get it. You've got problems, but look at how fucking good your life is. Mm -hmm. And when this film started, it's like a period thing. It's a civil war in America. Um, I was a bit like, Oh no, it's all people being nice. And we're the nice ones. And, you know
1: but it deals with that very well and
0: we're the and you know and they're the bad ones and it's all in this ivory tower that we're all safe in but it's not that
1: no it's not and as you
0: get into it you just want to fucking hang out with them all you're like i just want all of you to be my best friends yeah um it's just funny like i welled up twice yeah um really well told in a sense that um it does that kind of dunkirk thing where you've got like different time um you know different different oh, yeah. uh, things going on at, at the same time but from different time periods mm-hmm. uh, br- just brilliant you should see it mum i told you already
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah you need to see that film uh, okay little women for me was a 9.2 and for shell was a 9.4 if you're keeping score we've not <laughs> told you all of them so like good luck with that yeah all right we're gonna hold your number three yep uh my number three is marriage story um our number two is the same
1: yes our number two is the same and my number two could have could have been number one very easily
0: your number two was your number one it was my number until one for a
1: very long time until we went to go and see little women and yes. then little women made it to my number one
0: okay so my number four is your number one mm-hmm. um tell us about number two
1: so number two is peanut Butter Falcon and
0: the peanut butter falcon
1: the peanut butter falcon and again it is uh, what's his name
0: Shia LaBeouf
1: Shia LaBeouf. again looking like he's been chiseled from the gods yeah he's when you like see these he's smashing life at the minute if you go
0: and see these films Light of My Life featuring Casey Affleck chiseled from the gods and the peanut butter falcon featuring Shia LaBeouf apparently chiseled from the gods mm-hmm. you will see Shell's type at the moment yeah since they look exactly the same exactly
1: so, yeah, he, it, it's a, it's, what, what kind of story is it? I don't know, it's just a really nice story. <laughs>
0: Written and directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz.
1: It is so beautiful.
0: Starring Shia LaBeouf, Zach Gutsagan, and Dakota Johnson. It is about Zach Gottsagan's character, also yeah. called Zach. mm mm-hmm. um, He is a Down-syndromed, um, sort of... Young he, man. He, yeah, young man at loss who is uh, housed in an old person's home because the state doesn't have the facilities to look after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he then decides that his mission in life is to find his favourite wrestler um, and decides to get out of the old person's home, go and find this wrestler and join his wrestling school. He bumps into Shia booth on the way
1: mm-hmm.
0: and... It's just the journey. It's just the journey of them going and finding this. It is hilarious. It is beautiful. All the performances are fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah, they are. You telling that story then like made me well up and gave me goosebumps because I was just re-remembering it and re-remembering the feeling that it gave me at the time. And I can't remember the last time that I left the cinema so happy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And just so fulfilled with life than after I watch this film.
0: I don't know where you'll be able to catch this film right now, unfortunately. You'll have to wait for it to come onto streaming or um, to, to be available to rent on like iTunes or something like that. Yeah. But I urge you not to watch the trailer. The trailer will make you feel really good and gives you some of the best parts of the film, but that's why I think you shouldn't go and yeah, watch it. Yeah, don't. Because then they don't hit home. There's one bit that happens in the trailer that because, excuse me, because we hadn't seen it, it had seen the trailer when that happened in the film it was such a shock but it was hilarious
1: yeah
0: whereas i think if you've seen it in the trailer
1: it wouldn't it's be it's gonna
0: mute it a little bit for you yeah all right so we had a joint number one uh number two number sorry two, yeah. your number one was little women
1: my l- yeah and I, I think little women made it into there because i like i related so much with. Sasha, Sasha Ronan, Saoirse Ronan. Um, Sa- 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 yeah, Ronan. I like related with that character so much, and her being that like fiery one in the family, mm. and you know that she talks a lot about having hair the way the way that she is kind of dulled, and her having to dull herself in order to you know manage society. Yes, and that kind of just really hit home, and also yeah, everything that you said about it before. Yeah, it all adds into me being like, okay, okay, I feel like it beats *Peanut Butter Falcon* only yeah. just a little bit.
0: Well, you gave um, the *Peanut Butter Falcon* a nine point four, and you also gave *Little Women* a nine point four, but obviously yeah. you have to put them in an order, so that just pipped it.
1: Well, yeah, and it based it, my my rating was based on last year three bill three billboards got a nine point three, mm-hmm. and for me, both those films just tipped three billboards. Yeah, so yeah,
0: um, I am gonna tell you my number one it is thunder road which i'm sure will come as no surprise if you've listened to this podcast before nope. i gave peanut butter falcon a 9.4 i gave thunder road a 9.5 um it did make it into your top 10 michelle at number three number three i love this film and it makes my whole body and heart hurt whenever i think about it it, is very it just good. broke my heart mm. it just made me laugh it made me want to cry it made me excited it's
1: the best opening it was the best opening opening. you can't take your
0: eyes off it you've heard heard us talk about it on the podcast probably here and there it's been recommended before Mm -hmm. but the main reason why I wanted to talk about it again not only because it's number one and we have to (laughs) but it's because it's now streaming on Netflix is it? so get the fuck onto Netflix watch that film oh brilliant made directed written and starring Phil Cummings amazing it is insane holy shit
1: it is i i think it's worth mentioning again just in case you haven't heard us talk about it that the fit the the opening scene of the film was a short film and it that was extended into the full length feature yeah so the first 15 minutes that you can't take your eyes off the screen that was what hit everybody when they first saw the short
0: yeah and it's um sorry not phil cummings i always fucking do that it's jim cummings i did that <laughs> last time i spoke about it i don't know who phil cummings is but he's had some you know he's not he's not been uh deserving of the amount of mentions he's had on it <laughs> <laughs> but uh again i want to say it's though it was released in 2018 technically it's the 2019 release here in the uk yeah so that's that's why i'm flagging that now all right let's get into the good stuff so that's our top 10 yeah and we'll post all this in the show notes and so you can uh, head there and check it out if you're ever like oh what what film should we watch and oh i actually listened to this podcast today maybe we should go in there and just see what's in Mm the (laughs) look um things like thunder road um mid 90s marriage story are all available on netflix hotel mumbai is available on sky cinema Booksmart, i think maybe coming to netflix very soon if it's not there already everything else you probably have to seek out uh, or wait to come onto streaming all right worst film of the year
1: uh my this worst is based film... on a rating
0: system by the way it's not just us going i fucking hated that film it's based on a an actual
1: oh yeah no it's like what we rated like what our worst film was mine was
0: Worst film oh, of the year.
1: Was it that one?
0: I know it's mad. No,
1: one. I feel like it wasn't. I feel like it was under the Silver Lake, wasn't it?
0: No, you gave that well, good oh, rating. What was? What's going on here?
1: Oh, what was the other one then? That was like under the Silver Lake. Burning. Yeah, but
0: you gave you gave a better grade than the under the Silver Lake. Uh, all right, cool. <laughs> you're your tits. All right,
1: was, so that's it's not my worst. <laughs> f- my, my worst film of the year was Aladdin.
0: Yeah, by rating. Oh, and Wild Rose.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yes, that was the other one I was thinking of. So Wild Rose and Aladdin came in at joint four. Um, both huge. Dis- well, Wild Rose wasn't a disappointment. I knew it was going to be crap before I watched it. <laughs> Aladdin um, was a massive disappointment. Which is mad
0: because when we first came out of the cinema, you were like, oh, that was all right.
1: Yeah, I think maybe that was just because it was like it it cheated me with a sense of nostalgia which is what they all do
0: yeah they do Um, fucking member berries
1: but actually looking back it was it was god awful yeah it was it was such a cheap Re, like a cheap, it wasn't cheap it was a very expensive film but, <laughs> yeah, it, was, but it
0: looked cheap fucking out it, it
1: looked cheap and it sound the songs sounded cheap and it was just like a cheap rip off it basically yeah. looked like for me when i watched it it looked like it should have been on the west end and, but instead of
0: i would argue that it didn't look that good
1: no okay uh, but if local
0: if, community theater
1: if i would have watched that show in a theater i would have no forgiven to. it all of its all of its short com- shortcomings because it was a the- you know, it was very theatrical whereas it literally it's Jim, just
0: Jim Cummings.
1: It literally just looks like they've taken a stage show mm. and just plonked it on a screen with no other thought.
0: Well other than like let's just chuck all the CGI in for the bits there where well, we yeah. need it. Yeah, um, I didn't give it as bad a mark as you, but yeah, that film was not great. My worst film of the year is way lower down in the ranking system than yours. Mine is Serenity, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. I'm not going to mention who made it, because I don't know. And it's probably best to leave that be because they don't want their name associated with this film. I gave it a 2.1. It is not only one of the worst films of the year, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. It is outrageously bad. And spoiler alert for Serenity, skip forwards 15 seconds, I'd maybe press it twice, right? Matthew McConaughey, he's in, it's starting now, by the way, the spoiler thing. So if you've skipped forwards, just, you know, I don't want to confuse you. Anyway, so skip forwards now. Matthew McConaughey has lost his son. He's divorced from his wife. He has to kill his wife's new husband, but he also sleeps with, this woman randomly for money and does, and it is a very stressful time on an island. And then at the end, it was a video game created by his son, who is not dead, it's actually the dad who's dead. And the sons create the video game to wreak havoc, as far as I can tell, on these cyber lives that he's created. It is out of this world and. To watch a film and for that to be the twist at the very, very end. Mm. But you've been watching a film that is set in, like, the Caribbean. And then at the end, it's... A sci-fi. A v- it, you're just like, what? It'd be like watching something... What, I said, what did I say to you? Green Book on this list. Yeah. It'd be like watching that film. Or, like, pick any film. The, the fucking Shawshank Redemption.
1: And that's and then not the, a sci-fi. <laughs>
0: and then at the end, skip forwards again, sorry here. At the end, it's a video game. You'd be like, w- w- sorry, what? Yeah. Also, all the shit that happens in it, this sun has then create. Look, it doesn't need to be that in depth, but it is terrible.
1: you were watching it next to me whilst we were on a flight, and I remember just like what look it over, and every like now and then. And being like, what the hell are you watching? What is Matthew McConaughey doing? <laughs> Why are so, you doing that? Because you started watching Matthew McConaughey and, and McConaughey, and I was like, oh, that should be a good film. And then there were just various points where I'd look at the screen and be like, no, it's all gone wrong. What's happening?
0: Yeah, that is that is available on Sky Cinema for you to never watch now. Um <laughs> And it's not even so bad that it's good, by the way. Don't be like, oh, this is a terrible film, we should go and watch it. It's a No, don't do it. It is, it is stressful, and then at the end you'll be left angry. That is Serenity made by Satan himself. Um, all right. Finished. So uh, memorable Honourable mentions, memorable ontions. <laughs> 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 laughing at my own joke there. Honorable um, mentions. Honourable mentions. These are films that we felt like we should mention, although you may not have made it into our top 10s. No. Um, Some of the honourable mentions for you, Michelle,
1: were in in my top 10, and some of
0: my honourable mentions were in your top 10, so maybe we shouldn't mention them again.
1: Yeah, well, I'll briefly go over them. That Minds in the Gap was one of my honourable mentions, and Hotel Mumbai was one of my honourable mentions as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, according to this list that we have in front of us, Mind in the Gap was not one of your honourable mentions, but that's fine.
1: Oh, sorry. (laughs) It should have been. Um, (laughs) My other honourable mentions was hustlers the recent one with j-lo in yep and that which is
0: how that film will be just forever described the one with j-lo in
1: the one with j-lo in i i just thought it was great i just enjoyed every minute of it i thought she was fantastic and no way is she a 50 year old woman she it was it was insane and she yeah it was just it was a great film really good fun
0: yeah really good film um uh, one of my honourable mentions uh, is El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Of course. Um, you just got to mention that Breaking Bad came back. Yeah. And it was basically just two episodes in one film. It was. Um, Which it was, was great. wasn't an amazing film.
1: No, nope, we didn't need was, anything more.
0: It was just good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, another honourable mention for you, Michelle.
1: Uh, that wasn't mine.
0: Is that mine, is it? Yeah, that was
1: yours. Only you may have been mine. Ah, yes, it was. Um, However, I'm struggling to remember which one that was now.
0: Uh, right. So when I've been making this list, folks, we've been going through it and there's been a select number of films where Shell will just be like, which one's that again? And it's the same film, films every single time. Yeah, I just don't know. Only You is...
1: But that's not a reflection on how good the film is. That is literally just how my mind works. It doesn't have space for other things.
0: Or it doesn't work, I suppose yeah. it's the case, maybe. Um, Only You is a Harry, the Harry Woodliffe film... Um, about a couple trying to have a baby.
1: Oh yeah! Oh god, this film. You can
0: we, rent it on Amazon now, I think.
1: We watched this film when we were trying to have like a really nice day off one day, but actually everything in this day went completely wrong. <laughs> and one of the things that went completely wrong was we put this lovely film on, which was meant, which Alex sold to me as, as a rom com. I thought it was a rom com, <laughs> and I was in balls of tears by the end of it. it. And because this 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 couple is going through IVF, and it is well, heartbreaking. That's a, bit of a,
0: that's a bit of a spoiler. No, it's but not. I suppose it doesn't um impact it too much because no. the film is good enough to stand on its own f- two feet in that regard yeah yeah really good um i'm just gonna quickly chuck out a couple of honorable mentions that i didn't uh i didn't note down but i'm gonna mention them anyway one is bait mm-hmm. um which is a cornish um film which is really obscure but is sort of being <clears throat> um I suppose the BFI have took it under their wing. They are, And it's still still being screened across the UK and uh, at the BFI quite regularly, made by Mark Jenkin. It's a black and white thing where it's recorded on this really old camera. Mm -hmm. And it looks mad. And it's a film about gentrification set in 2019 in Cornwall. Yeah. But it looks like it's from 1900s. It does. And it's then had the audio dubbed over the top. Mm Mm-hmm. So it sounds like something that you would watch in school, like an, inf- like an, like a, you know, like old videos in school yeah. of like how I can't something believe, works. I
1: can't believe that they actually dubbed all of that, like all of the everything. They dubbed out all of the dialogue. Everything's dubbed yeah. over the top, and that to me, that's mental.
0: Really interesting. You should definitely see it. I wouldn't. We we only got got an eight, which is still a good score, but it just it it, it did get a little bit long in the middle, even though the film's not actually that long. Mm um but it definitely worth seeing just for the creativity
1: yeah and also i feel like it's a subject matter that um is going to start getting explored quite a lot but no one is exploring it just yet and i think it's going to be one of the problems of 2019 when you look back at 2019 in 20 years time is that there's a problem with you know g- you know gentrification with yeah uh, you know and, and people being moved out of their homes and mm-hmm. it's a really good subject matter i'd yeah recommend it
0: uh, and then I'm, I'm also going to uh, mention Aniara, which is a Swedish sci-fi film, which was a really pleasant surprise after being let down by a, a film called High Life earlier in the year, which I thought was going to be great and just was Was, not, not. was just a lot of pretentious shit. But, <laughs> but not that anything, you know, he not says. all art is is subjective, but that was shit. And uh, Aniara is not. It's really, really good, uh, really immersive. Last two honourable mentions. One for me is Support the Girls.
1: You said Mm. we were allowed four (laughs) honourable mentions. Yeah, I know, but it's all
0: gone wayward since you thought that some films were the worst film and then you're like, oh, not that one, the other one, which ended up being rated better than that previous one. So, Mm,
1: Not sure. I'm going to blame it on you.
0: Support the Girls is another comedy. Yay, we had another funny film this year that was funny on purpose.
1: It is very funny.
0: Um, It is about... um, I suppose it's about workers at a...
1: Essentially, what is a hustler's or a hooters, is it?
0: Hooters, yeah, Yeah. not hustler's. Um,
1: Um, Oh, yeah, that's the film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, The general manager at a highwayside sports bar with curves, has her incurable optimism and faith in her girls, her customers, and herself tested over the course of a long, strange day. Yeah. Um, Starring Regina Hall, directed by Andrew Bujalski, also written by him, and uh, just...
1: Good, just nice, really light, mm-hmm.
0: but very, very good.
1: Good Sunday afternoon film, f- Sunday evening maybe, maybe yes. evening, not the afternoon, the f- not while the kids are up.
0: The final honourable mention is for you, Michelle, and it is this film here, which is underlined.
1: Oh, eighth grade, yeah, maybe that I'm- was. I totally forgot about that one. That it, that was a good film. That ha- to me, it's in no way similar, really, to Booksmart, but they're on the same. They're in the same car.
0: <laughs> right, using that Dave Chappelle.
1: Yeah, using the Dave Chappelle thing. They're in the same car, um, but they have different movements. Um, yeah. The, the so in the same way it's come in the same way of, it, of of booksmart being a coming of age film about a young young women eighth grade is the same thing except this woman is younger and also she is coming up in a world where we have phones and social media and how younger people are dealing with that whole situation and it kind of with having a younger sister who i watched go through that exact age period it was it very interesting and insightful
0: yeah it made me wince it was hard to watch so much yeah it made me cringe my ass off but a very good film. You gave it an 8.9. I gave it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to run through a few more things and then we're going to end this first part of 2020. Yeah. So biggest disappointment for you, Michelle?
1: Biggest disappointment was... You've got your finger over it. Oh, Dumbo. Oh, oh. I get you. The, One of the same similar problem to Aladdin is that they... they cheated me out of my nostalgia Mm. and as well i don't know why i think because because dumbo was obviously screening in the cinemas dumbo was actually on tv a couple of days before i went to see it and i remember being stuck in front of the tv Like i had it on in the background but the moment at which the the elephants turn into like when he gets drunk and then the pink elephant yeah they turn into pink elephants and they turn all blobby i remember just like sitting in front of the tv like a kid sat cross-legged staring at the tv couldn't take my eyes off it and was just like dragged into this world and i loved Dumbo as a kid so and especially when i seen that it was de- directed by tim burton is that right mm-hmm. it was so, uh, so tim burton's also like a, he made up all of my teenage years he's and the all guy who my... made
0: the clothing the men's clothing store right no oh. shut up
1: my teenage years were made up of like tim burton films and i spent a lot of my teenage years in the theater and everything that i made harped back to him and the way he made things so it all of it built up to this thing that i was like please this is going to be good Mm. it needs to be good and it was and 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 it was awful
0: it was poo wasn't it it was so it was elephant poo
1: it was
0: uh, my biggest disappointment was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. I think this might be the first year. I'm not sure if Solo made it into my top 10 from 2018, but I think this might be the first year that a Star Wars film hasn't made it into my top 10. So I, if you know me, you'll know that I'm a huge Star Wars fan.
1: And that is the fan. only reason that it's made it onto this particular part of the list. Well, If it, you weren't a Star Wars fan, like you just wouldn't care. You'd be like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um,
0: But we'll... What's that got to do with anything?
1: Well, because like... Because I am a Star Wars fan. So if if every Star Wars fan had rated their films in the same way that you do and had a category in there that was biggest disappointment, no matter what Star Wars film it is, it would always be... Star Wars would always be their biggest disappointment because Star Wars is always a disappointment to every Star Wars fan somewhere because they're so into it that it just disappoints everybody in some way. (laughs)
0: Uh, Well... Two things. First of all, no, that is you're, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I Second of all... I live with one. <laughs> so? Okay. The, I've, Solo was fine. Rogue One was fucking great. The Force Awakens, I okay. really enjoyed. Last Jedi was a bit like Squiff, but then I've come to actually really like it, which is why this is the biggest disappointment of the year. Secondly, that what you just said, if that is true, which it is not, but <laughs> if it was in various parts of the world true. Right. that's because Disney with this this later saga just didn't know what the fuck they were doing they just had loads of money behind it and a kind of rough story let the directors do what they wanted then had an issue with the director on this film where J.J. Abrams had to come in to replace who was initially on it
1: they, they totally forgot everything that was made in the previous film yeah and they <laughs> just and the thing is with it so it's not a
0: badly made film in the sense that I so I've seen it twice now once just normal screen and once in IMAX and when it's on IMAX it really makes you appreciate just how good J.J. Abrams is at these set pieces and these like cool bits that make you go fuck yeah mm. although he makes me feel bad about it because it almost always member berries mm-hmm. if you know what member berries is it's a South Park thing where they have these little grapes with faces and voices that you make into wine and they, you drink it and it makes you all nostalgic and, they, and it's like oh remember Indiana Jones and they're like oh yeah I remember Indiana Jones and it's, they make it like, they make you just forget about your problems and the actual what's, you know, actually what's important because nostalgia. Yeah. And I felt so bad enjoying things because I was like, oh, I'm just being, like, manipulated by his fucking member berries. But then, all the good stuff doesn't matter because the storyline is trash. The storyline is garbage. The storyline mm, didn't come no. into this film no. until this film. I know. Where they just went, oh, we need, like, um we need, like, an old uh baddie and Mm. we need to have these guys do this they they need to do this because that will just please people and i know jj said he tried not to please people but i'm sorry he really did because if he was trying not to please people he would have gone down all the through lines that ryan johnson set up in the last jedi all the directions that he could have taken that in yeah and me and Various friends and family members who sat down and talked about this film and come up with a more interesting plot line in five minutes. So it's not the fact that they couldn't do it and it's hard to do because everyone says, oh, J.J. Abrams was given a dull, ha- a dud hand by Ryan Johnson. No, he Actually, wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was given he was an amazing hand by Ryan Johnson but chose to just do the easiest, most simple, most boring, most infuriating thing that you're like, oh, that bit was so sick. What, what, what are we doing here again? Oh, yeah, we need to be on this planet to get this. Oh, yeah.
1: I think it was described perfectly by another reviewer who said that um, it was partly written by a subreddit and that JJ Abrams had been incognito on a subreddit (laughs) yeah that is exactly it (laughs) and got all of his info from what do you guys want to
0: see oh we want to see this okay yeah we'll put that in that was uh, on the Empire podcast yeah that that was I think
1: that is the best way to describe that film
0: fucking fuck! and the thing is the things that are good are really fucking good and the things that are bad are outrageous
1: i mean there's there's one part of the film which you you were really disappointed that happened but actually me me watching it from an outside point of view i was really hoping that that situation happened
0: i didn't mind and when it
1: happened i was like oh yay i'm really happy about that
0: i I don't actually have a problem with that from a storytelling point of view it was just when it happened it made me groan right but that's not an issue with the story
1: right okay there's
0: just a bit of like a i don't think you needed that but the story is so bad yeah. anyway
1: Anyway, moving I, on and
0: it, it, biggest disappointment because it wraps up a, a trilogy of trilogies not just one trilogy but let's move on another slight letdown was Ad Astra the Brad Pitt film which we both agreed that's our joint uh, disappointment just because we thought it was going to be way better than it was yeah it's okay it's a decent film it's got a good soundtrack it Just y- well, spoiler alert what? But, um, what is that a spoiler? because we're going to do soundtracks in a bit <laughs> uh, but it was a letdown uh to be honest all right weirdest film of the year
1: weirdest film for me was under the silver lake
0: pretty weird film it was uh weirdest film for me was burning korean film also pretty weird film the yeah under the silver lake um
1: Uh, don't ask me what it was about i have no idea i literally have no idea I think it was a detective story. I also think it was a cult story. I think it was a love story. I think I have n- I have no idea what it was. Yeah.
0: Okay. Made by David Robert Mitchell. Um, it is a very weird film. It reminded me of a lot of David Lynch stuff. Um, only I don't think it was executed quite as well as David Lynch. Yeah. If you uh, if executes. you watch
1: Twin Peaks, then you'll get Under the Silver Lake because um, that, that's how you feel about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although I I think Twin Peaks is much better. Yeah. But. I, you kind of will get Under the Silver Lake a bit more um, I thought it was okay it didn't really stick with me as far as like mentioning oh we saw this weird film whereas Chang Dong Lee's Burning
1: see I quite enjoy Burning
0: stuck with me for a couple of weeks afterwards where I would like just get out of the shower and come into to you and be like so that bit with is does that symbolize and then you'd be like i don't know and i'd be like i can't get this film out my head something's really weird and off about it
1: i thought it was very visually satisfying and i feel like that's probably why it, it resonated with me a little bit more yeah
0: and i was just watching it going like what am i watching what i don't actually understand what i'm what i'm supposed to be getting yeah. but then it did stick with me as well yeah yeah odd one all right there's the way films. Um, Documentary mentions, uh, we'll just quickly do mine. It was Mind in the Gap. It was in my top 10. Yeah. Shell, um, you mine wanted to mention. Mine was one
1: called Tell Me Who I Am, yeah. which is on Netflix. And it was something that I just kind of put on in the background, but couldn't find myself not being able to look away. Yeah. It's a story about two brothers who, um, they're twins, and one of them loses his memory. And the other one fills, essentially refills in the gaps of his life for him and um, but in a way that is quite unexpected so and it's basically these two it, it's really really unusual and you would never see this happen in real life but basically these two men come together and just hash it out on tv yeah and it's told so poetically and so lovely and i think one of the brothers must be a filmmaker because the way they've done it is it looks incredible mm. um but it is essentially those two just they tell this huge heartbreaking story and then at the end of it they essentially hash it out and i have like a not a fight but you know a kind of like a you know we need, we need to talk about this now and these two brothers have never spoken about this thing up until the point of making this documentary so you watch these people for the first time confront mm. an, a, a really hard issue that's changed the course of both of their lives and it's so interesting yeah. that you would never never watch that in that way ever
0: yeah um a cool. Just before we move on to the final uh, smegment of this podcast, mm-hmm. I just want to point out. So, I saw this year um, one hundred and nine films that were released in in twenty nineteen, and you saw 80, 80 of those films.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna say that there is not a single animation in this. There isn't. You could argue that The Lion King was an animation because, well, it is. But it is made to look photorealistic. It's not, yeah. um, a, you know, a classic animation. I don't think there is an animation in the whole list. No. Now there is a film called "I Lost My Body," which is a French animation, which apparently we should be seeing, um, which is available on Netflix now. So probably going to watch we that. We almost soon.
1: watched it last night. Yeah, in we prep would for have this. Mentioned it in the podcast, um,
0: but. but that's kind of odd because of of recent of, of past years. Oh. Nah, I'm wrong. Toy Story 4 is in there. Okay. Toy Story 4 is in there. Um, but in past years, animations have generally been top 10 yeah. contenders. You know, things like Inside Red Out. Turtle and Red and- Turtle. Red and- mm-hmm. um, So, I don't know. Is it plateauing?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: No? No. Um, and then finally, before we move on to the last section, um, there's a few honourable mentions of films that we didn't get to see that were on the list. Um, if there's a film that you loved that we haven't mentioned recommend it to us it might be on the list and we have seen it it just didn't make it into any of those categories it's just sat there in the middle ground or we actively avoided it or we (laughs) just didn't get around to seeing it um there's a film called carpe neum um which i think was the winner of the best foreign language film at the oscars last year or was nominated we couldn't catch that we didn't catch child's play or woman at war um one cut of the dead is a zombie film uh, an asian zombie film which i was gutted i didn't see didn't get to see farmageddon sean sheet movie
1: oh that was an
0: animation i would have loved that to have been in there we didn't watch dr sleep we missed sorry we missed you oh. uh le Mans 66 or ford versus ferrari the matt damon and christian bale film zoomed past us in the cinemas oh no <laughs> yeah um judy and punch uh, is a is a oh, picture house film I'm with really shells upset. fucking gutted that I'm we did I'm upset see. that we didn't see that. And then finally, Ordinary Love, Honey Boy, and Motherless Brooklyn, all three films that we just couldn't catch in the cinema that I, if I'm being honest, I've got a hunch that Honey Boy and Ordinary Love would have troubled my top 10. Ooh. Um So... I wouldn't have troubled. No, would have. I
1: would have. Oh, yeah. shit. I
0: just get the vibe from it although it could be wrong mm-hmm. um so yeah we can't see everything but i think we did a fucking decent <laughs> job at trying um let's wrap this up since we are a band um and we do music and stuff let's talk about soundtracks of the year now we've compiled a list uh, of joint soundtracks mm-hmm. um joker is on that list it is a soundtrack by hilda guadana guadana I think is how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. We've recommended that on the podcast numerous times. She's had well, the, just the best year. 2019 was good to her. Yeah, um, But we won't talk about that too much. Uh, mid-90s made it.
1: Mid-90s. Which we've yeah, spoken a about one. a
0: couple times before. That is a Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross soundtrack. A very short soundtrack. Very oh, dreamy piano synth.
1: Mm-hmm. Good to wake up to.
0: Yeah, beautiful. But we've mentioned it before, so we won't go into it too much. Mm-hmm. Light of My Life, the number 10 on your list, the Casey Affleck chiseled from the Gods mm-hmm. film. Um, when you watch that, by the way, you'll be like, what? Chiseled from chiseled from like a hobo god? No. But um, that is a Daniel Hart soundtrack. Daniel Hart is someone who... We love here in uh, Delia Land. So we had and we've mentioned that before on the podcast. So mm-hmm. the ones, oh, finally, Ad Astra, the Max Reacher soundtrack. Um,
1: Obviously, it's made by Max Reacher. So it's yeah. amazing.
0: So they're all ones that we've mentioned on the podcast before. And like I say, we'll put all these in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Ones that weren't mentioned on the podcast before are mm-hmm. as follows
1: So there's Little Women. Yes. Um, Alexandra
0: does Platt.
1: Yeah, such a beautiful soundtrack it reminds it like harped back to um black beauty for me like very old english piano just you know reminds you reminds you a bit of downton abbey i guess
0: yeah i don't know i I mean i don't really watch downton abbey i I mean
1: i give it much more credit than downton abbey but you know just yeah very old english beautiful happy piano music except for when it's not happy and then it, 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 it's perfect <laughs> either way it nails it <laughs> it does um, then there's Midsummer, and Midsummer is just very Midsummer's is like a very unusual soundtrack um, it's very like uh, how can I describe it it's obviously quite folky and but very unnerving very say. unnerving yeah very uh, very hereditary like very broken up but it's a very interesting listen um, yeah
0: it's made by someone called the Haxon Cloak Right, who's done things like uh, they composed the soundtrack for Triple Nine, and they've been in the sound department or the soundtrack department for Black Hat and Stranger Things season three. Oh, cool, uh, and then obviously composed the soundtrack for Midsummer.
1: Interesting.
0: The Haxton cloak, everyone, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the final mention is back to Star Wars: um, it, The Rise of Skywalker soundtrack. One of the best things about the film, and it is John Williams' last well, allegedly, last Star Wars soundtracks. Um, John Williams is the master composer. He is the daddy, the grandfather of film concert composition. So um, it's just a little mention there for it being his last Star Wars film. Yeah. He also had a little part in the film. So Did like he? a brief second, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. A little cameo. They all have parts in those bloody films.
0: Well, yeah, it's because, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's because everyone's cash-cowing the shit out of Star Wars at the moment. Yeah. Anyway not that it wasn't anyway before so thank you for listening to our first podcast of 2020 yep we'll get back to normal service as of next week i hope and think although it might be a little bit tricky um Maybe. But back to being every thursday as we count down the days to it being or I count down the weeks rather to it being our 52nd episode um so thanks for bearing with us we hope you had a great christmas we hope you had an even better new year indeed um, and that 2020 uh, is like, you know, fairly decent, like, so far, like, solid, you know what I mean? I hope it's good for you, like, all right. Um, but yeah, all the films are in the show notes, so head there if you want to check out any of those films, please do because some of them are independent, um, or, or just, you know, good, um.
1: You can cut that bit out, can't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, head there now for for those films. Thank you for joining me this morning, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. And we're happy to be back. Happy New Year. And remember, too much sauce ruins the films. (laughs) Ha! Films.